Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhoppers Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans, episode 28 of Tatooine Sons. If you haven't heard yet, Maul is back. We're going to break down what we think he's been doing between the formation of the Galactic Empire and his reappearance in Solo. Next, tickets are on sale for Star Wars Celebration 2019, and five-day tickets are already sold out. What's that mean for Tatooine Sons? And finally, we wonder what would have happened if Han actually succeeded in helping Beckett get the coaxium off of Vandor 1. One man couldn't have done this alone. It's time for Tatooine Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, Star Wars fans! This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. Achoo to Star Wars fans, uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, at this point, it's getting more and more difficult to identify who is a Star Wars fan and who isn't. Absolutely. <laughs> True. Yeah. Very true. And of course, you can have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. So, on that note, here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi I got. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Good. Okay. Okay? Just okay, BB Nate? Tired. Tired? Why are you tired? Didn't sleep last night. Didn't sleep last night. That's always disappointing when you expect to have sweet dreams and you instead just toss and turn all night. What about you, Sam? I'm fine. I mean, I'm. I'm a little tired from work, but yeah. Otherwise, I'm another good. another busy week of the nose to the grindstone, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's Chick Fil A going for you? Huh? Yeah, fine. That's good. It's, just, it's always busy. That's good. Always. It's been an interesting, um, interesting week in Star Wars mm-hmm. fandom, hasn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't use the word interesting, but yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, that's kind of what you were alluding to in your Achuta opening uh, today. So with that whole Kelly Marie Tran having to give up, um, delete her face, or excuse me, her, I don't know where All her social media. All her social media, but I think it was primarily her Instagram account uh, because people are hating on her and treating her terribly and actually saying uh, very sexist, bigoted, and even racist uh, mm. things um, against her. Um 
What do you guys think about all this this fandom stuff that's going on and, and how that happens? And why do you think that Star Wars fandom has this problem? Because apparently it's newer to us. I'll explain it in a minute with that. But as far as fandom goes, I guess it's been going on all the way back to the spe- release of the special editions. So Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, first of all, because it's The Last Jedi is kind of when it started, the backlash happened about it, and then people started hating on just everything about that. And with Kelly Marie Tran, that being her first actually big movie, it kind of, people started to hate on her because of that. Yeah, her character wasn't as well-liked across the board in The Last Jedi, and one of the big things that some people have suggested was that that whole sequence with canto bite and everything was pointless and then there's the kiss with finn at the end but sam do you think it's um at all justified for people to kind of go over the top like they are right now with their way that they're treating kelly marie tran or no regardless of whether you like the character or not if you hate the character that's your choice but there's no reason that you should bash or hate on the actor or actress that's just uncalled for, and it's just it's just not right. I well, mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to take the devil's advocate, and I think everybody that follows our podcast and follows us on Twitter and Facebook and other social media, they know that my position on this and our position as a, as a podcast and just as Star Wars fans is that this is unacceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand the logic behind it. I'm trying to understand where people are coming from, and I guess um, there's... You know, I, I, I wonder, I get, could it come from a place of love for the Star Wars saga so much that if they dislike a character or dislike a storyline with it, that they cannot emotionally uh, handle it in a, in a reasonable way? Is that where this is coming from? Or is it just coming from hate um, and just selfishness? Um, maybe they think that you know Kelly Marie Tran made millions of dollars and is famous as a result of playing this character. Uh, Toughen it up, you know. Put on your what you know. What would mom say? She'd say something like, "Put on your big girl panties and yeah, and and, and you know, and get over it." I don't think she'd say that about this situation. In fact, no. I know she wouldn't. But um, do you think that you know, maybe Nate? Do you feel like maybe fans? Not fans, but the stars that get all upset. Ryan Johnson, who's kind of reacted against this. Kelly Marie Tran deleting her accounts. You know, this happened after Force Awakens as well with Daisy Ridley. She's not on social media anymore mm-hmm. for the exact same reason uh, mm-hmm. this happened with her because some people didn't like the movie and didn't like her character. Do you think that these stars and these celebrities that are making millions of dollars off of movies and stories, do you think they should just, you know, get over it and move on instead of... Uh, or do you feel like that maybe they have a right to be upset and right to say something about this? Um, first of all, I feel like it's not right for them to do that, and they shouldn't have to right for who to do what, like the fans to oh, just okay. hate okay. because. And I don't think that they should get over it, and I don't think that she overreacted with deleting her Instagram. She did something about it, is what she did. Uh, she decided not to deal with it. She decided to do something which is a lot more than some of us would do. But I think that she made the right call and that she shouldn't have done anything better. So, Yeah, I don't think that that was an overreaction by any stretch of the imagination. She has feelings, just like everyone else. They got hurt. She has a right to be upset, regardless of whether she made millions of dollars with it. That doesn't matter in this circumstance. She's a human being with feelings, just like everyone else. There's no need for her to get treated like that. 
So her reaction is perfectly justified. Yeah, I think you guys are right. And, and what I would say is that um, there's a point when you know you have one or two incidences or a few incidents of these types of things happening. Yeah. You can overlook it. You can brush it off and ignore it, basing it on these people are just ignorant and um, you know they don't know any better, or they're just they're just angry, bitter people that that have problems, and we don't know what's going on in their life. But there seems to have been um, when it comes to Daisy Ridley uh, at the Force Awakens, when it comes to um, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, Ryan Johnson. Uh, with The Last Jedi, Mm. there seems to be this sort of snowball effect where a few people start these comments and start saying these things and then other people pile on with it. And they think that because they hear uh, or see or read or whatever these comments and people are getting away with it, that nobody cares and it's fine for for other people to do it. And then it becomes this thing which has gotten completely out of control and that's why as far as a podcast goes I know this is a heavy opening to a podcast and we're going to have a lot of fun here going forward but this is something that's dominating Star Wars fandom right now and I think it's important for us to at least speak into it Um, you know there's the position of some that no one from Disney no one from Lucasfilm no one from these movies Um, there's other podcasts out there I won't mention them um, that are, are criticizing uh authors and directors for fighting back against this Mm. um, with the fans. And they think that those people should never uh, address these issues. The reason we have so much hate and bigotry and, um, and just um, ridiculous things being said in, in social media about things like a movie is because people aren't being called out for it. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to take a stand against it. And so while we would never call out fans directly, we're never going to, um, you know, if we dislike something in a movie, we dislike something in Star Wars, we'll say it and we'll be kind about it and respectful. And we'll talk about the content itself and we'll, from a mature perspective, address the, the issues that we have. We're never going to attack a single individual. Um, we're never going to attack people for what they, what they think about it. But at the same time, if somebody starts posting on our content... Um, when it comes to like our Twitter feed or reacting, replying to stuff on our Twitter feed, on Facebook, on our comment pages, on uh, comment sections on our podcast, where they're saying hateful and bigoted things or they're saying things that are just inappropriate, personally attacking a director, an uh, author, uh, a star, an executive like Kathleen Kennedy, um, we're not going to ignore it. Uh, we're going to call them out for it and we're going to tell them that that's not acceptable. And if they continue to do it, we're going to block them. Uh, because we're not going to have that as part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And we're also working with a lot of Twitter accounts um, that are out there. Um, Steel Wars, uh, Jason Ward, Star Wars Explained. A lot of these guys are out there on Twitter and we're working with them as well to, um, to, to, to amp up the volume on positivity on Star Wars when it comes to social media. And, and the, there's a hashtag that we're using on just about everything we tweet out right now called Force Out Hate. Um, we're not going to let hate dominate social media when it comes to Star Wars anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this, but this goes all the way back to the way that they uh, handled the special editions when George Lucas. Really? Oh yeah. Um, when George Lucas released it, uh, TV, t- you know, comedy shows uh, like Saturday Night Live or shows like that, and 
I don't know if, I don't think it was, there was, I don't think YouTube was around then. Maybe it was. No, I don't think it was. So YouTube wasn't around then. But other stuff, um, they started talking about how George Lucas raped our childhood and, and mm. somebody should take him. If I could go by, somebody posted on something or a letter or whatever. If I could go back in time, I'd shoot and kill George Lucas before he had a chance to mess up the uh, original trilogy with it. And so this is a real problem in Star Wars fandom. And uh, we're hoping that if you're a listener to this podcast, uh, again, it's a heavy opening uh, to the show. And we're going to move on here in just a second. But and we're hoping that you'll join with us to, uh, to raise the volume of positivity on Star Wars when it comes to social media and things. Join with us to... Uh, uh, to defend uh, stars, to defend Kathleen Kennedy as, as the president of Lucasfilm, defend directors like Ryan Johnson, uh, of course, people like Kelly Marie Tran and Daisy Ridley. We're going to come alongside them, and we're not going to let people say bigoted, hateful, um, ridiculous things about them anymore without mm-hmm. somebody telling people that this is not appropriate. And uh, the reason that it's important for me to, to address this um, is because I'm a dad, and uh, I can't imagine, you know, Kelly Marie Tran is a daughter. And Daisy Ridley's a daughter. And Ryan Johnson's a, a Colorado boy that grew up in the same state as I did at the same time, about the same age as I am, playing with the Star Wars figures in his backyard like I did just up the road from where I lived. And um, he's got a mom and dad as well. And these are people's children uh, that they're speaking about when they say these hateful things. And uh, I just I feel like it's important for us to, uh, to talk it through. So, BB Nate, anything you want to say? Um... We really need to fix up the uh, all the hate that's going around and get some positivity in this. All right. Sam, anything else on that? Yeah, this needs to this needs to be fixed, this problem. Otherwise, and I'm sure this has already started to happen, we're going to start having an even more uh, dramatic divide between fans. It already exists, and we can I can just feel it, but we need to fix this before it gets too too bad and we have a for lack of a better term, civil war right. between Star Wars fans. Yeah. It's a movie. It feels like it. It's a no, it is a movie. That's the point I'm making. It's a movie. It, there's not it's not that big a deal. Your life should not be any different tomorrow if you liked The Last Jedi or you didn't. Right. If you liked Rose or you didn't. If you liked Solo or you didn't. You should if it's so important to you that you're willing to say hateful things about another human being over a movie over anything from my perspective, but especially over something like a movie, you should never say anything like, like what people have been saying mm-hmm. to Ryan Johnson, Kathleen Kennedy, Kelly Marie Tran, Daisy Ridley. If that's, if a movie is that intense for you, then you need to get the kind of help that is going to help you learn how to cope um, with, with these emotions in, in a healthy yeah. way, because this is very unhealthy. And so, all right, um, we'll move on. I think that on that note, on that note, let's talk about last week's podcast poll of the week. Um, it's official. Uh, Solo isn't a blockbuster. Oh. Uh, Disney and Lucasfilm had hoped it would be. It brought it's brought in right now to about two hundred and seventy five million dollars worldwide. And so let's find out what you guys think uh, has happened. It's time for the results from last week's podcast poll of the week. <laughs> Turbis! Right, Turbis! Yeah. That's something positive. Yeah, Turbis! Although he still hasn't been canonized. Nope. Should we go uh, yell at Ryan Johnson and be able well, to yeah. say hateful things about it? 
Uh, no, we shouldn't. No, you're right. It's a That's, stupid movie. <laughs> it's a little bird, fake bird from a movie. Right. So here's what the podcast poll of the week was last week. It says, why is solo movie underperforming at the box office? It was a pretty popular poll. It had 446 poll votes. That's a pretty not good bad, one for us um, with it. Um, it's really interesting how, um, how this played out. So you had 17% that, okay, there were four choices on the podcast poll. So the first choice was it was a bad time of the year. Second choice was it was too soon after The Last Jedi. Third choice was the boycott solo movement. And the fourth choice was other with your comments below. By the way, we have like 40-some comments on our poll, which is really great for us. Um, So thank you guys that if you're listening to this podcast and you commented on our Twitter poll uh, last week, thank you guys. I read through all of those in preparation uh, for today's podcast. I picked out three that I thought were uh, especially interesting. We'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, 70% of you voted the boycott solo movement was a part of it. So these are people that felt like The Last Jedi wasn't very good. People shouldn't go to the movie theater. It's kind of a way of punishing Disney, punishing Lucasfilm. 70% of the people that voted in this um, thought it had something to do with uh, the boycott solo movement yeah. on that. Do you guys think it has at least some of an impact on that, BB Nate? Yes, I think a little bit. Because when people get a boycott going, at least in Star Wars, it's a rare thing. Mm. And so when it happens and that and it gets this big, then it really means something, and it's going to hurt. And so yeah, it was big enough that people were aware of it and talking about it, especially yeah. on social media. So that's a good point. What about you, Samuel? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, you heard me say this last week, but mine was kind of the combination of a few things, like it's saying that it was um, too close to the Last Jedi back um, in the backlash because of it. I okay. think that's why I messed up because I'm not necessarily. I think it was partially because it was so quick. We had another Star Wars movie, but also that backlash from it. Okay. So, well, 17 percent of the people thought it was. It had to do with the boycott solo movement. Mm-hmm. Another 17 percent um, went with the other option and then okay. commented below. Like I said, we had about 40, which is right about 17 percent of the uh, votes on that. So, um, I guess it's about 10 percent that vote actually commented on it. But that's cool. And then uh, 31% thought it was a bad time of the year. So Memorial Day weekend, um, usually been coming out in December. Uh, this one started. This one came out in May. Um, and so they felt like that time of year was bad. Uh, maybe it had something to do with Avengers, Infinity War, and Deadpool um, that were out right before it. Very similar demographic for Avengers movies, yeah. Marvel uh, storylines, that and kind Star of stuff. Wars, yeah. uh, on that. And then 35%. Which one? Uh, feel like it was just too soon after the last Jedi, and you kind of mentioned that um, Samuel the Hutt. Uh, you talked a little bit about that. What do you think about that? Do you, Samuel, uh, BB Nate, do you think that it was something to do with that? Well, yes, because like I kept saying, it was the backlash of the Last Jedi that really changed Star Wars fandom for a good while, and that's what it's going to be for a long time. And so it changed, and pe- and then the boycott solo movement started to get going, and then they released it way too soon after Blast Jedi Backlash just finished, and people still had it f- like in their minds about mm-hmm. it's still there, and I didn't like the Last Jedi still, and so I I'm not gonna like this movie. Yeah, yeah, and different actor and all that type of stuff. So there was a lot of factors that went into it, but yeah, that's. That's one of them. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that it has a lot more to do with um, not coming out in May as, as the issue. I do think that Avengers and Deadpool uh, hurt the box office with it because 
movies have gotten more expensive. You know, at our movie theater that's just literally a mile from our house, uh, it's great. We love this movie theater. Great, you know, uh, recliner seats and fancy foods and and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, a, an average tickets 15 bucks mm-hmm. uh, for that so people can't go to movies like they used to when they were six bucks four bucks eight bucks that kind of thing we're paying twice as much to go to movies right now um and so you have to pick and choose a little bit and so i think that that's hurting solo because yeah. avengers was such a big movie yeah. um, with all of those you know characters coming together in it and uh, it came out first i think that's why disney i think i mentioned this on last podcast i think that's why disney moved it from may the 4th to December or to April twenty seventh, uh, so it was a week earlier uh, to try to get a little space between Avengers and Solo, but I don't think they got enough space. I think that hurt hurt more than it coming out in May. Um, I don't think that it coming out so soon after the Last Jedi is is the biggest issue. I think it was the competition uh, with Avengers and, okay. and Deadpool and things like that. So cool. that's my thought. Let's see what you guys thought. So Patrick Covey, C O V E Y, his Twitter handle is at Gannon one three six. Uh, and he's with Star Wars. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Newsnet, the Resistance broadcast. He's a writer for them. Yeah, he's a great guy. He commented on it. I love Patrick's uh, insight on Twitter. He's awesome. Uh, it's a mi- this is what he said. It's a mixture of a lot of things, um, which is basically what you guys are saying as well. It was soon after The Last Jedi and not a very good money-making season, starting the summer blockbuster box office, and you had to go up against Infinity War and Deadpool 2. Infinity War was 10 years of build-up with several films a year coming into it. That's it's true. the climax of a story you've been waiting for a decade yeah. for versus Solo, which you know he's going to live. Yeah, you know Chewie's going to get through, and then all the other guys basically. Yeah, have and, to die. and then most of them are going to die that you haven't heard of before, yeah. so they're not. So that's a good point. So, what do you guys think about what Patrick had to say? Anything you inside yeah. in that that was good? Yeah, no, I I think that that's, those are all very valid points. I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I love the way he talked about mm-hmm. Infinity War. All right, then we've got somebody that's been only following us for a few weeks, I think, um, on Twitter at Tampa Movie Guy. That's his Twitter that's handle. Cool name. Yeah, it's a great, great. I bet you he's from Tampa. What gives you that? I don't know. And you know how much they... You know it's coming. Oh, they're looking at me right now. Oh, yeah. Hold on. I got a bad feeling about this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Um, You know how much corn is in Tampa Bay. Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me. A buccaneer. Buccaneer. A buccaneer. (laughs) Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Well, you know, Luke, if you... Grumpy Luke, there. It wasn't that wrong. It was just me. Star Wars fan Luke. Jeez. Okay. Tampa movie guy. 
Um, trying to get it a little light after that opening segment. Yeah, yeah right. uh, exactly. Tampa movie guy. I heard a lot of people say this movie just wasn't necessary. Hmm. A prequel requiring the replacement of the actor for one of the most iconic characters of all time. I think people just decided it wasn't for them. For the record, I love this movie. So, BB uh, yeah. Nate, what do you think about Tampa Movie Guy's comments there? Uh, very true. Um, I did hear that people say the movie wasn't necessary. It was just to make cash and di- really. T- after Infinity War, people Disney doesn't need any more cash like that. <laughs> shouldn't. Yeah. Shouldn't. Well, they lost just, money on this, by the way. Yes. They spent, like, really? when you take into account all the marketing and stuff, I think it's like 350 so, so far, they haven't even made back their money after ah. two weekends. Because it's the most expensive Star Wars movie ever. Uh, because they basically reshot 80% of the movie oh, with Ron Howard. Right. And then think about this. Michael K. Williams was the original Dryden boss. Yeah, and then they had to right? So when they had to do the reshoots, they had to... A, go through the production expenses of reshooting the entire movie. Yeah. B, um, Ron, hot pay Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. And when they already had to pay Lord Miller. Yeah. And then um, they had to hire Paul Bettany as a contract. They already had to pay Michael B or Michael K. Williams Jeez. to be Dryden Voss. Then they had to pay, pay Paul Bettany to play Dryden Voss as they reshot the entire movie. And I'm sure that you know, even the other stars had had probably got paid a little bit more because of all the extra work. So yeah. the reality is, um, you can't really expect them to have made a lot of money uh, on this movie. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Or did you think about Tampa movie guys' comment? They're saying that I I'd never heard uh, this uh, viewpoint before. Um, that it wasn't a movie that, that wasn't, wasn't necessary. necessary. Yeah, I mean, the way he points it out, it kind of I can see that, but. It's Star Wars, so you know it's a Star Wars movie, so it's always necessary. <laughs> exactly. You know, if they're coming out with a new Star Wars movie, it's necessary. It's true, all of it. Looks like Han Solo. Sounds like Han Solo agrees with you. Yeah. Uh, and it's so uh, see on that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, and then the last comment we'll go through uh, today was Star Wars card collector. So I'm going to make sure I get your Twitter handle pronounced spelled out correctly. So it's at Star Wars underscore for all of you in podcast land you should know what that is star wars underscore cc stands for star wars card collector collector got it i think this is what they said i think since they're introducing characters that we know will die throughout the movie some people feel like it won't be exciting so this is a little bit what they were talking about Mm -hmm. with tampa movie guy but even but it's just not going to be an exciting movie Uh, we don't have that surprise factor when it comes to movies nowadays Spoilers are out before the movie, and we pretty much know things beforehand. Samuel Hutt, what do you think about that idea? Um, yeah, I mean, podcasts wouldn't exist unless we got information beforehand. This well, stuff wouldn't happen. Right? We don't talk spoilers beforehand. No, but I'm not... I mean, we need to know stuff before a movie for us to be able to talk about it. You know? Rumors, theories, you know, stuff like that. So, I feel like that does definitely change the movie-going experience, especially when it comes to fandom movies. A lot of fans, us to an extent, but not as much as some fans, um, will try to get as much information as they can before a movie. They will they will dig as deep as they can to get anything, um, and it, and then they post it out there for everyone to see. They, um, yes, they do, and it spoils it for people who maybe wanted to go spoiler free or were thinking about seeing the movie. Then they see it and, or they see the spoiler and there's no point. So that does change things. Also, if you know anything about the Star Wars timeline for this movie, you know that Val, uh, Beckett, 
uh, Kira. You're assuming that Val Beckett, Kira, Rio, yeah, all of they're not in existence in A New Hope. They're not in existence in the original trilogy. So you're, you just have to make the assumption that they're not going to survive the movie. Mm-hmm. You also know Han and, Lo- and Lando and Chewie and the Millennium Falcon. They're going to be there in the original trilogy. Right. So you have to have them survive. So I think that, that that's what, what maybe Star Wars Car Collector is talking about. There's not yeah. a lot of surprise um, on that. I think that's fair. Although, if I'm not mistaken... Uh-oh. Well... I think there were some pretty big spoilers. Yeah. In uh, in this movie. Yeah. One one particularly at the end uh, that we want to talk about. So That's a good. That was a good segue. That was a great segue. But uh, let's see. Am, am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. A plug there. I'm completely off my game at this. No, point. you're good. Do I have a plug at the end of the podcast right. poll of the week? No, 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 you're good. All right. So we're not talking Patreon right now. No, not yet. I mean, because we love our Patreon supporters, and it would yeah. be awesome if we had more. Because it would help us do to more podcast things, more video things. Um, it would help us to uh, set up some amazing things as Star Wars. Oh, we're not talking about Star Wars celebration. Wait, wait, wait! Hold that back. All right, so maybe we should just move uh, to the next uh, topic on that. So, if you're like us, if you're listening to this podcast and you're big Star Wars fans, uh, then you probably giggled like a little schoolgirl uh, <laughs> when you heard Sam Witwer's voice. Uh, begin to speak in solo a Star Wars story uh, because we're Clone Wars and Rebels fans. We knew Maul was alive right. at this point in the storyline, but with all the Crimson Dawn stuff, we had um, we didn't expect to connect him with that, and we may need to reevaluate a little bit what he's been doing on Dathomir uh, before Star Wars Rebels. So, yeah. uh, what in the galaxy has he been up to? Good lightsaber, yeah. Darth Maul. Works out. <laughs> That's more of a Jedi lightsaber. That's okay. Back to the green one. Yeah, green one. Yeah. All just, right, just go ahead and say it. No, talk, I'm talk just, about your lightsaber. I was, was going to brag on my uh, sense of being able to hear stuff and uh, connect things, but I can go with the lightsaber too. We both have cool green looking lightsabers. Yeah, you got a new lightsaber. Yeah, I know. I'm very. You take it into celebration. Oh, we're not talking about celebration. Wait. All right, so let's walk through a little bit for those of, those people that are listening to the podcast that may be a little bit fuzzy on um, their Darth Maul storyline. Let's walk through that a little bit because you guys spent some time. We all watched a little bit of a video um, today just to kind of refresh our memories on it. Um, let's talk about what happened before the Phantom Menace. So that's an interesting storyline that's only really explored in comic books and things like that. So um, I guess you guys remember much about what happens to him and how he's sort of... Sam, BB Nate, you remember? Go ahead. Share a little bit about Darth Maul's backstory before The Phantom Menace. Well, uh, he uh, grows up on Dathomir as Mother Tosma's... Tosin. 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 I can never get her name right. It's just so weird. Uh, son, and I, I find that a little weird because we never thought about. So he's that. a knight's son. He's a knight, or knight he's a brother. brother. That's what they call it, knight, knight brothers. Brother. Yeah. So they have the knight sisters, and the knight which brothers. the knight sisters are like the dominant gender on Dathomir. Yeah. yeah. With Mother Talzin, and he's a knight brother. Okay. So and that, uh, so later on, Sidious, um, she Palpatine uh, comes and captures uh, Darth Maul. Hold on, Samuel Hutt wants to insert something. I thought that it was the Emperor comes to recruit Mother Talzin, recruit with air quotes here, 
to be um, like his apprentice. Yeah, like a which is Vader. bizarre. I don't uh, remember that from the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, and then um, he sensed that Maul was really strong with the dark side, right? So he like didn't he, he take him? I think he, mm-hmm. he kidnapped yeah, he him. He kidnapped right? him. Okay, yeah. so so go back to you, BB Nate. So, so he kidnaps Maul. He kidnaps Maul. Betrays Talzin. Yes, yeah. betrays Talzin and just trains him. And then trains him for all the years. We don't know how long it was from that to um, Phantom Menace. But then he has uh, Force Visions because he's so strong in the dark side that he starts hearing. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The screams of dying. Okay. So he takes him to So he takes him to Malachor, Malachor yeah. where we see him in Rebels. Um, he takes him to Malachor and where there was this huge battle with the Jedi. Old Republic. Yeah. Massive battle between the Jedi and the Sith. It's like like the stuff of Old Republic dreams right. is this battle. Right. Right. So uh, the Emperor then forces Maul to um, breathe in the ashes of the dead uh, Sith. Sith. Really weird. Weird. So then he starts to have these super strong force visions and he begins to feel every cut and stab and death of all the Sith that died from the Jedi. That's not how the force works. Apparently it does. It does. If it's a dark side, it maybe. Yeah, so he begins, so he feels that, so that fuels his rage against the Jedi. Um, Bam. Yeah, I know, that was intense. Yeah. yeah. I, they, I was watching the video and they showed the pictures of it. I'm like, dang, it's intense. This is a little <laughs> freaking me out here. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, then the next thing we see him is he uh, he's in Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess there's also that moment where he's um, he tries to take on, like he wants to kill the first Jedi. Yeah. So he like goes and he tries to, he works with the bounty hunters, I think with or with Orsing and, Orsing and Cad, Cad Bane, which is really cool. Uh-huh. Um, especially as you tie in Orsing that's also mentioned in Solo. But anyway, um, Orsing and Cad Bane, uh, they kidnap this Jedi. Is she a Padawan or a Master? It's a Padawan. It's a Padawan. She kidnaps a Padawan. They kidnap a Padawan. And he ends up getting into a... They have to work together because of something that happens. Because the bounty hunters that they stole him from. Or the crime lords that they stole him from. Yeah, crime syndicate. So yeah. even in the beginning, before we get to the Phantom Menace, Maul's... He's working with, like, the criminal underworld. Already, yeah. Um, already in this point. I think that's an important element to think about as mm-hmm. we think about Darth Maul. He's got this connection to the uh, criminal underworld. And so he kidnapped... They, they have to go and, and work together to escape this. And then they confront each other. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you've thought about this, guys, but... 
I try not to think it hurts a lot of the time. Okay. Yeah, that explains a lot. Um, <laughs> Darth Maul's the first Sith to kill a Jedi in a thousand years. Yeah. Darn. So, yeah. It gives him a bit of a reputation. He does. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a bad dude. Forced to be reckoned with. Yeah, which is cool. I don't think we think of it. Which is cool. I'm glad we get that backstory. I'm glad we know that now because when you get to the Phantom. Okay, what? You're looking funny. Mm. Okay, anyway, I'm going to keep going. So when you get to the Phantom Menace, um, he's awesome in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot of fun. Um, And then, you know, the fun. And then what happens to him in the Phantom Menace? Obviously, he reveals reveals himself. uh, He battles. He kills Qui Gon. And then, and then he gets into a confrontation with Padawan Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay. He's still a Padawan learner at this point. And then, he and what does he do? Leading eight, and, and he dies. He cuts Darth Maul in half. Obi Wan. Yeah, but he doesn't die. He doesn't. How does he survive, BB Nate? He, he grabs onto an air vent uh, while he's falling down the whole pit, and then he gets into a trash shoot or trash shoot, and then he gets. Flown over to I forget the planet's name. It's like something minor. It's weird. Yeah, it's really it's weird. Really, it's just a junk planet, basically. Yeah, it's a junk planet, and so he makes mechanical legs. Well, first he's, off, while he's climbing through the air vents, he's using the dark side to uh, just give him the will to live, to keep him alive. He's yeah, so he's like everything. He's he basically can. sustaining his life through hatred. Basically, and so that goes back to what we talked about earlier. Don't be that dude. <laughs> All right. If you're a Star Wars fan, don't be Darth Maul. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway. So anyway. So. So that's where we get to the Clone Wars. Yes. We get to right. the. Well, he gets in, he goes insane, and he's literally he's there for out of it. like a uh, few like I think it was like twelve years. No, 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 no. It's only like four or five. Oh no! Wait, because Anakin's a kid. Yeah. So it's at least like... It's like 13, 14 years. Yeah. yeah. And he's gone insane. He's got these like robotic mechanical spider, spider legs. legs it's, it's really weird. And so... So what did you guys think the first time you saw that Darth Maul was alive? Same, a BB-8. What, what was your thoughts on that? Um, For some reason, I wasn't surprised. I think it's because I already knew for some reason. Yeah, we knew it because we played uh, Star Wars Card Trader. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a while. That, oh, um, that's true. And we saw the pictures of him with the ro- robo legs or whatever the... Uh, yeah, so, so it kind of kind of spoiled it a little bit, which is almost why we started to to try to watch some of the movie, the TV series that we hadn't been it into because yeah. we wanted to find out a little bit about that. So yeah, and then Rebels too. Yeah. Yes, but. so then um, we get into the Clone Wars, and then we get to the Savage Press. Uh, is really the main part where it all starts. Uh, Savage Press, of course, gets Count Dooku betrays um, Asajj. Goes on to Dathomir trying to find a new apprentice so he can t- throw over Palpatine and then be the main Sith. And so he goes and trains and tries to get people while Savage. Uh, okay, so who's Savage oppressed? So Samuel, you gotta explain That's who Savage is. Darth Maul's brother. Yeah, and he's being created as a like a Padawan to. Count Dooku, who's also a bit of a church an apprentice to Count Dooku, yeah, and Asajj is a night sister, and so I mean, gosh, the 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 stuff on Dathomir is like really big at this moment in in, yeah. in the Star Wars timeline at this point. Um, so. so then Savage Press uh, um, 
gets chosen by Count Dooku and starts getting trained by Count Dooku after Mother Talzma. Talzin. Talzin. I always thought it had an M. I am. It may be Talzin. No, I think it's Talzin. Anyway, Talzin. anyway, come on. But um, he gets a really strength a strength buff, and it gets like really. He gets an upgrade. Yeah. He gets an upgrade. Like, if you remember Captain America, the first it's event. Basically, yeah. it feels like that, but with yeah. weird magic powers. Weird magic powers, that's how it kind of turns out. And so he gets trained, and then it's just going all wrong. And then Asajj um, uses Savage to take over Count Dooku. But it doesn't really To work. overtake him. Like to overtake him, yeah. and then Savage uh, is kind of done with Count Dooku and Asajj, and so he starts taking on both of them at the same time, and he wins, which is really cool. Cool. And then he goes and starts to search out his brother, Darth Correct. Maul. And then he so so, so Mother Talzin. We got to move this thought. So Samuel, you take. We got to get. We got to get going because we're going to spend the entire time telling, talking about what happened before Solo or before Clone Wars. We got to figure this out. So we, this is all important because we need to know he's alive. So so Darth Maul is alive mm-hmm. at this point, and um, he's survived on hate, and he's brought back sort of to sanity by Mother Talzin. Who and takes he got special fancy and then he gets legs. new magic legs that are still not the legs he has later on in the Clone Wars, but it's like all confusing. Anyway, he gets these legs, and then Savage and Maul like start coming after Kenobi. At this right. point, they start going off, and they're like pursuing Kenobi. But Maul wants his revenge, and this is like where this Kenobi thing starts going, which I think is important because. Maul's storyline has always been tied to Kenobi. And up to this point in Lucasfilm, uh, or in the Star Wars timeline, before he was inserted into this Solo movie, you would have never associated anything to do with Maul and Solo. You're only associating Maul with Kenobi. He's killed by Kenobi, or he's cut in half by Kenobi. He's obsessed with revenge against Kenobi, so much that he kills like Kenobi's shouldn't have a love interest, but has a love interest Duchess Satine of Mandalore mm-hmm. kills her, and I mean, there's this revenge thing that's going on. This goes on for a long time. Um, at the end, so Samuel, what? How does how does the Clone Wars end with with um, Darth Maul? Do you remember? Uh, basically, long story short, the Emperor confronts Darth Maul on Mandalore, um, and. He gets ticked off because he sees Savage as an apprentice, and there's only supposed to be two. Um, so the Emperor then begins to fight them both, uh, kills Savage, uh, very reminiscent of how Maul killed Qui-Gon in front yeah. of uh, Obi-Wan. Um, oh, oh, it, like, you watch it, it looks very, very similar. Yeah. Um, then he begins to, like, torture and almost kill Maul, and then... Uh, he doesn't kill him and says that I have another use for you, for you and that's the last thing we see of him. Okay, so there's a very big part we miss. First of all, um, he hired a pirate clan and the pirate clan started to go against, turned against him and then he went... That's the Black Sun, right? Yes. No, it was a pirate clan where Hondo Hondo actually. Oh, he worked with Hondo. Yes. And, and then, then Hondo turns and yes. betrays him, which is classic Hondo. Yes. Hondo betrays everybody. The only person that, that doesn't ever get upset about that is Ezra, and that's why they're close in three so, so. Um then he goes with the Black Sun and the Pikes. Then he, Pikes Syndicate. The yeah. Shadow Collective was made. He creates the Shadow Collective. Yeah. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Which, Which is an underworld the- crime syndicate. Uh-huh. Yes. And the same thought went through my head. And then he rules Mandalore and kills. Yeah. He takes over. The, he gets the black saber. The dark saber. And, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And um, then Clone Wars ends with Maul. Being kept alive for some reason. Well, I mean, the last yes. thing we see of Maul till Rebels. Or till Solo, excuse me. Man. Yeah, I think we're missing some storyline in there. There's some Grievous stuff and some County Duke oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. They and all that. Wait, but but let's, just, let's just leave it there. I think it's important. So, go ahead, BB Nate. Okay, so with the Shadow Collective, I think I have an idea. Maybe Crimson Dawn, has, the Shadow Collective has turned from the Shadow Collective to Crimson Dawn. Because you hear... Um, uh, what is his name? It's escaping me. Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss. Uh, okay. Say that they have a fragile alliance with the Pikes, and you already know that Darth Maul has already made an alliance with the Pikes in the Shadow Collective. Yeah, I think and you know that. Um, but if we if we go back to the Ahsoka book, Maul is basically defeated by Ahsoka, and the and his. Shadow Collective is defeated by Ahsoka in the book. Oh, that's right. And he's captured by Ahsoka and he escapes uh, from With that. the help from the... Um, Order 66. Yeah, Order 66 happens and the soldiers start turning against the Jedi and it just starts beating crazy. And Rex and some of the others that are part of that group that are in Rebels, they had already removed their control chips and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they help Ahsoka get off the island, uh, off of Mandalore and that's how that part of it ends. But Maul's doesn't have a crime syndicate anymore. The Shadow Collective has been destroyed um, at this point. Right. And then the next time until the Solo movie came out that we see him is he's on Malachor trying to get this Sith uh, weaponry in order to defeat the Emperor, Emperor. Yeah. and Darth Vader. Which, uh, if you know what its design is, it's basically a Death Star. Really? Yeah, it's powered by a Kyber Crystal. Well, that's bizarre. So it's almost just like a little triangle Death Star <laughs> on a planet. That's bizarre. That was kind of crazy. Anyway, so yeah, so so that's where we thought everything kind of picked back up with Darth Maul until we're sitting there on the third row of the movie theater on May twenty fourth with uh, a, you know your birthday party, and all of a sudden we see this hologram and you see this metal foot, and then you hear Sam Whitmer's voice start, and we and we all start screaming and yelling, basically. and just standing up and cheering, and it was like craziness. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but it was it was, it was pretty. We close. were pretty. I was standing inter- up on the inside. I was screaming on the inside. Internally, we were we were convulsed and yeah, freaking out. I was freaking out a lot. I was freaking out a lot. It was, was a lot like, of fun. So, uh, Sam of the Hut. Yeah. How did how did Maul get from barely escaping with his life from Ahsoka to the leadership of Crimson Dawn, which in Solo is a central crime syndicate that is feared throughout the galaxy. No idea. <laughs> we don't know. It's not been explored as to how he became part of Crimson Dawn, which I'm certain they're going to release some comic series or book or something because we need to know this. This is pretty crucial. 
Um, my best guess is the emperor had a use for him, which was to, um, and I think you you said something like this, but um, he needed control of the crime syndicate to be able to take control of the galaxy, right? Because if he doesn't have control of the crime crime syndicates, then he really won't have much control at all. Um, especially on backwater worlds like Tatooine, where the crime syndicate really is the yeah government. the underworld runs Tatooine. Yeah. So he needs to be able to run the underworld. So I think that he recruited Maul because he's had lots of previous experience with crime syndicates uh, to build his own crime syndicate to be able to help take control of the underworld. My Do you think is. that? Well, BB Nate, what do you think about what's been going on? Um. Well, I I really don't know. The thing that keeps going back is Dryden saying fragile alliance with the Pikes. Um, I think it's fragile because it was once broken mm. with Ahsoka, and I don't think anybody trusts him. And so he formed the Shadow Collective again, but called it Crimson Dawn. So um, let's say Ahsoka wouldn't go back, or somebody wouldn't know about the Shadow Collective being formed again. They called it Crimson Dawn because all, really, of the main underworld people have gone into that Crimson Dawn and have been having alliances with it. So we hear about the Pikes and we hear about everything like that, and it's fragile on the fact that Darth Maul is running it. And we all know that Crimson Dawn, the main thing with Kira, is the whole thing. Dryden Voss was the ruler, uh, the right-hand man of Darth Maul, but then he dies, and then it's kind of moved over to Kira, is what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely seems like that. In fact, I, um, I've got the, the, the dialogue between Kira and Maul um, that, that we see in Solo. So let me read this, and we can talk, talk it through a little bit. So Kira activates the holo projector, and Maul... Um, addresses her and says yes like he's asking her a question Kira says I regret to inform you that Dryden Voss is dead murdered by the thief he hired to steal the coaxium shipment his friend Tobias Beckett what do you think about that BBN you really um I think that she first of all we all know that Kira actually killed him yeah she's lying she's lying to protect her go back to this one impressive Every word in that sentence was wrong. Absolutely. True. Yep. Now, Grumpy Luke is right. Yeah, Grumpy Luke was right this time. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> um, but Kira, um, we know that she actually killed him, but she was telling the truth for most of that sentence. Thief, she, he hired to steal it. And he but then did. she defines that thief as his friend Tobias Beckett. Right. Yes. And, that, and Beckett, she, it, well, first of all, for Dryden Boss didn't get killed by Beckett. Dryden Boss didn't get killed by any thief. Dryden Boss got killed by Kira on that. So I thought that was interesting. Then we go on. Maul says, is this so? Where is the shipment now? Um, and Kira responds, gone. Beckett took it. Slaughtered the others. I alone survived. Is that... What, what do you think about that part of it? What is she What is she not telling Samuel Hutt? What is she not telling Maul? When she says, um, Beckett took it, slaughtered the others, I alone survived. What is she not telling him? That who, who is she not telling him about? Solo. Yeah. This whole time, she's not said anything about Solo. She hasn't mentioned Solo one time uh, in this entire process. Do you think, in this entire conversation, do you think that she's still in love with Solo, Samuel Hutt? Um, 
you know, I I don't know if she's in love with him, but I think she's still trying to protect him. I don't think... I think that she knows that Han will never look at her the same way. So she's not really going to be able to love Which him. is what she says in the cave room. If you knew who had, what I'd done, you'd never look at me the same way. Right. Um, so I don't think that she loves him anymore. She just is more trying to protect him. What do you like think, BB-8? Um, you didn't want Han and Kira to have a love relationship. Yeah. Because you wanted Leia to be the first one, right? Yeah. First love relationship. But didn't happen, didn't did Didn't happen, no. no. Okay. But I really do think that Kira still loves Han. Uh, but she knows she has to leave because then she'd have to have a huge secret behind Darth Maul's back. And she already knew that she was going to have to run work. away from Darth Maul. Really. No, you can't. And so she couldn't hide Han. And then if Kira does something wrong with Han, then she, then he would probably head for Han. He would probably, he would probably kill Han and then that would make her feel bad and so yes she is trying to protect him i think she's absolutely still in love with yes. Han. And so, i just think that she's um she feels completely trapped with maul and she can't she knows she's never getting going to get out of crimson dawn she's never getting away with this and so she's got to do everything she can to protect han um and so that's what she's doing here so then it's interesting because that's when maul says one man couldn't have done this alone mm-hmm. So who do you, what do you think he means by that? What do you mean one man? What is, what is it that he couldn't have done alone? Steal the coaxium? Kill Dryden Voss? Yes, I think. Um, I th- he, 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 he suspects that there's more to this that she's not telling him. I think so too. What do you think, BB-8? I think Dryden Voss had a little meetup with Mother Talzin. Talzin was dead. Talzin's dead at this point. Or at least had something with the night. Why do you say that? Why do you think that? Because you saw he was like a normal human being. And he, he looked exactly like it. We didn't think he would be an alien, but every time he did get angry, his scars started to flare up. And that's not something normally that would happen. I don't know. He if that's would start to get that. red, veins would start to show, and his eyes would get bloodshot. And so that's that's very weird for something normal like that to happen. So uh, yeah, I, I think, think that he's... they're listing him as being near human, though. And so they they haven't called him human. They, they he's a non-human character that looks like a human, and so that's what they've just defined him as. So I think that that that's just maybe his species um, at this point. But interesting, um, one man couldn't have done it alone. I think that he's she's looking at or Maul suspects, like you said, Samuel had. I think he's, she, he suspects something is going on. So mm-hmm. Kira then tries to deflect. I wasn't there, but if I had been, perhaps I could have saved him. And then Maul chuckles, according to the script, <laughs> and what he does in there. He giggles her a little bit. And he, uh, Bring the ship and come to me on Dathomir, Dathomir, and you and I will then decide what to do about Traeger Beckett and his accomplices. So she's uh, he's already made the decision that Beckett had accomplices with it. Kira says, I'm, I'm on my way. And then Maul responds with, Kira, you and I will be working much more closely from now on. What do you think they're going to be doing together? How does, how does this go on? Uh, she's probably going to be the right hand of Crimson Dawn. The leader, really, because really nobody knows about Darth Maul. So. Yeah, I think she's going to look like the face of Crimson Dawn going forward because Dragon Boss is dead and Maul isn't revealing himself uh, to anybody. Um, do you think that we're going to get another movie that's going to have uh, Maul and Kira in it? No. I think... 
Sammy, you don't. No, I don't think that's... So how are they going to continue this? They obviously are setting something up. Right. I don't think it's big enough for a movie, a comic series, um, or a book series. That I could see. Okay, what about you, I highly disagree. People have been asking for it for such a long time, a Darth Maul anthology movie. That is something. Uh, I haven't heard anybody ask for a Darth Maul in I have. Oh, yeah. It's, I definitely I mean, have. A few people have. Yeah, a few, few people have. And with the way that they have been setting it up, with the whole Darth Maul still being alive, and we haven't really known about him for the Malachor thing, and so we don't really know too much. I think we'll see a follow up movie after Solo, but it'll be Maul, Star Wars story. Um. I think that it would it would do really good because hmm. it he's a vague character he's like a Boba Fett he's a very vague character. Well, speaking of Boba Fett, <laughs> I think you're wrong. Okay, uh, one thing we know is that Darth Maul is tied to the criminal underworld. Kira's tied to Maul, and they made it very clear at the end of this scene that I think they're making it clear that there's more to come. With Kira and Maul. Mm, yeah. I think that this is a major plot character being revealed for a Boba Fett anthology movie. And I think you're going to find something to do with the criminal underworld, the bounty hunter guild, that kind of stuff, going against Crimson Dawn, and Kira and Maul and Boba Fett being tied together. You probably end up somewhere on Tatooine throughout the process, because obviously we know Jabba the Hutt's there, right. which is another... which. Boba Fett's loyal to Jabba the Hutt in the trilogy, in mm-hmm. the original trilogy. So maybe, and and <laughs> and Solo, we end with Han going to Tatooine. Tatooine. Right. We have Beckett that was going to Tatooine. They're setting up Tatooine. They're setting up Jabba the Hutt, big time gangster, putting together a crew mm-hmm. on that. So they're teasing Jabba on that. Maybe part of that crew that he's putting together is Boba Fett. There's a history between Boba Fett and Han Solo. When we get to mm-hmm. the, tr- the, yeah, oh, yeah. the Empire Strikes Back, or uh, no, I think it's even mentioned in the New Hope. Um, he mentions oh, yeah. Boba Fett um, at that point. Maybe not because that no, that's not, I'm wrong. No, that, but because he wasn't created to the holiday special, which is part of Star Wars that we just don't talk about on the show. But anyway, um, but he was in the special editions. Did they? Yeah, he was. But that's my point. I don't think that was. Was part of that. He was just in the background with Java. Anyway, um, I think that we see a Boba Fett anthology movie that also brings in front and center Darth Maul and Kira. Maybe has a little bit of Han Solo character in it at some point, but I doubt it. And I see it leading to some type of a big reveal, very Marvel-esque. That's what seems to be happening now at the end of that, which connects to Kenobi on Tatooine for them to then do a Kenobi movie. That's what I'm predicting. And that's why right at the same time that they started saying that or that that the solo movie was coming to the theaters the same week, almost the same day, all of a sudden all this Boba Fett movie, James Mangold's getting ready to direct it. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but all that stuff came out at the same time. I think that's what we see. A Boba Fett movie where it's Boba Fett and his side of the crime underworld against Darth Maul and Kira on the other side. Um... Don't know. Uh, I know you don't know. I, I know. They haven't no confirmed this No one knows, yes. But I think the whole... I think Darth Maul and Kira may work 
Job of the Hut and do a huge. No, I think they're against Job of the Hut. Well, that would make sense. Yes, it would. Because if the, well, there's a fragile alliance with the Pikes. He's not a Pike. He's a Hut. I know. I know he's a Hut, but because yeah. um, <laughs> his name is Job of the Hut, but. I know this is just going along with my theory, which is probably on the grain of rice, but um, he would, in the Shire Collective, he is in alliance with the Huts. Yeah, but he, that, that alliance is broken. I think that's where we come down. Yeah. I think- and I think that the Crimson Dawn is in a fragile alliance with the Pikes. Um, but I don't think that this is the sha- no. that the Crimson Dawn is is as powerful as the Shadow Collective. No, no. And I think that they're going to go up against the Huts, and uh, we're going to see that in a Boba Fett movie. What do you it's think good. about that? Do you, I like that idea. Well, you're a big Boba Fett guy, so. right? So anything with Boba Fett's good. And I think that's where we get Kenobi out of it too. That's what uh, I that think. sounds even cooler. All right, All right. I'm let's move on to the next topic since we spent almost like 45 minutes uh, on that one. I guess before we do that, we'll give ourselves a chance to breathe. And let BB Nate recorded tell you how to become a Patreon supporter of Tattooing Sons. Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tattooing Sons, a Star Wars podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us so we can do it. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash tattooingsons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. All right. So a week ago, we hadn't even decided if we were going to make it to, or at least try to make it to Celebration 2019. Um, Chicago in April, um, not really something that I look forward to. <laughs> um, it's good. also would cost quite a few credits uh, to use Star Wars language um, to get there and to stay in hotels and all that. See, I think we were disappointed that it wasn't in Anaheim where we thought we could drive an hour and be there. I day. saw a meme. And it was Obi-Wan, and it said, uh, you know, it was right after the release that yeah. it was Chicago, and it yeah. said, it was as if millions of voices in uh, Orlando and Anaheim cried out in silence. <laughs> and we're and silenced. Silenced. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So uh, it gave us a chance, I mean, we, we sort of t- had to take a step back and, and wonder what was happening. Yeah. Uh, but then we thought, it's Star Wars Celebration, and we decided to go. So we bought our tickets. Um, what are you guys most looking forward to at Star Wars Celebration? <laughs> I'm going to have Sam the Hutt go first. What are you All most looking forward to? <laughs> All of it. I, I mean, I know that that's a really tacky, no, cheap tacky. answer, but it's just everything about it is exciting. Um, the atmosphere, the waiting in lines with fans, and it'll be different this time because we know people going into it. Um, you know, we'll know what to expect. We'll have people to connect with while we're there. Um, then there's... Um, the show floor, for whatever reason, I loved the show floor. That was probably my favorite thing the whole time. The panels were cool, don't get me wrong, but I just think I liked the show floor more than anything because it was just pure Star Wars fandom on display all day. I just I feel like that was a big part. Um, and then you know we were Nate and I were in our costumes. We're not going to go into the story, but if you know the story, then you know we're walking around the show floor in our all of our costumes, and people are like, "Oh, cool! Can we get pictures with you?" You yeah, know. That was fun. I, I'm just so excited, but I'm, I think I'm also really so. It's excited just an overall fans. excitement for yeah. the whole thing. What about you, BB Nate? Um, what are you I, looking forward to the most? <laughs> I I don't know. It was when I was there. Um, I didn't 
no, no, this may sound weird, but I didn't enjoy anything. And then when <gasps> I got when I got through, when I got back, I started to recollect, like, think about the stuff, and I'm like, wait, that was really fun, and I really enjoyed that type of stuff. And I was like, the whole day, I remembered I was actually really happy during that. <laughs> and I think it was just because I, I was, was just exhausted, exhausted so. yeah. for one. We were staying was, up all it night. It was the uh, thing of exhaustion mixed with the adrenaline. And it was kind of just going between. Well, them. and you're an introvert. Sam's not so much of an introvert. You are a full-on introvert. So when you're there with, you know, tens of thousands of people and crammed in lines all day, and and you know, it's just it, it can be overwhelming uh, with it. And you didn't know what to expect. We no, had never we had been to a con, let alone Star Wars Celebration before. We were clueless as to what to expect. We hadn't gotten into podcasting or YouTube mm. or anything like that as far as doing anything. I mean, we, were. we weren't on like part of the Star Wars Twitterverse or anything like that. Okay. So we went in just the three of us, no clue what we were going to to, to be doing down there. Right, I'm bushy tail. Yeah, I no and, idea what we were doing. And so we didn't even know when. Like, should we line up ahead of time for the the panels? You know, how do if we wanted to go to the 40th anniversary panel? Do we need to get there at? Seven in the morning, <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe we should get there a little earlier. So we got there at five, yeah. and people had been there all night sleeping, and so we had no idea what we were in for yeah. um, with it. And so I think the first day we had it was a, it was very overwhelming. The first day, um, by the end, I think we figured out what we were doing with it. But um, there's an element for this year's celebration that I'm looking forward to a lot, and that is the fans. Yeah, um, and and the relation, and then when I say the fans, I'm not talking about our fans. I don't, I'm not oh. arrogant enough to think that we have fans by any means. No, but I'm saying the other Star Wars fans and how we now have built some relationships through Twitter and through our podcast right. and such with Neil Lowry, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a little bit, and with the guys from the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, and yeah. and uh, some other things like that. I mean, this weekend we're going to be. Um, hanging out for a, a couple of hours with Alex and uh, Molly from Star Wars Explained up in LA. And so uh, when we go to, to Celebration in, in Chicago, they're going to be there and we'll see people we've met, yeah. see people we'll know. And cool. so instead of being so focused on do we have to get there at two in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning, stay in line all the time in order to get into panels, we'll try to get into as many of the panels as possible. But even if that's not the case, we get to hang out with people and do podcasts with the Commonwealth yeah. and and all that. It's going to so, be a way more different experience. It's going to be very different. I think it's going to be more relaxed. We're going to know what we're doing, so we're not going to be freaking out the whole time. Um, you know, we're going to be able to meet people, which I'm so excited to meet, um, like our Patreon supporters and other podcasters, because we'll know people at this moment. Yeah. Last time we were just like... Just winging it was just us the three. whole time. And it was there that we got the idea to start doing something like this, when mm-hmm. Dominic from... Star Wars Underworld talked mm-hmm. with you a little bit about podcasting yeah, and stuff that's cool. and that's what inspired us to get in to do this BB Nate you were going to say um, I really think we now know really really know what we were doing we were going in and it was a bad year to do it um, it, it was fun it was really fun and that's what made us want to why was it a bad year dude um, it was Disney's first year Really, first big Star Wars celebration. No, 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 no. Disney. Done, yeah, no, they had done a few. No, since but we we figured out that it was like everything was going wrong. Yeah, like, no, I think it was just a combination of just some, some really bad planning on Reed Pop, and I'm not trying to. We're not going to go down that path. Reed Pop is mm-hmm. the company that they uh, contract to put these on. Um, it felt like it was out of control. It felt like the the volunteers and the staff there were really uh, not as informed as they needed to be yeah. on how to handle certain situations. 
um, the first day. And it's been well documented. We're not the only ones. We're our experience compared to what some people that got stayed all night yeah, uh, yeah. for the last gen, or excuse me, for the 40 years of Star Wars panel um, that got, were supposed to have seats in the main floor that some other line got put in front of them and they lost their seats and they'd been there all night. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff that happened. Here's what I think is really intriguing about what's happened in the last week. Tickets just went on sale on Monday. That's just like five days ago. They were sold out, I think it was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah. By yesterday. Yesterday, the five-day pass five passes, both adults and children were sold out. So that, to me, that didn't happen in, in 2017. It 2017, it was like three, four months before the four-day pass. It was only four days then. Uh, the four-day passes uh, were sold out. So that, to me, would indicate either there's a lot more interest in celebration this year, which I don't think is the case. That was the 40th can, anniversary celebration. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it can increase that much in a year just to go from a few months getting it sold out to, to a few days. Yeah. yeah. So I think that what that tells me is, or, or what I'm, I'm putting my hope in, Star Wars is all about hope, so I'll put my hope in, <laughs> is that they're selling fewer tickets to this yeah. event this year. That they, that they would rather make a little less money. <gasps> I know people don't think that with Disney. What? I know. What? But maybe they would really rather make just a little bit less money and have a slam dunk experience for everybody that goes... So that they keep wanting to come back every year and and sell less tickets so that we're not so cramped. Plus, my understanding is that the convention center there at McCormick Place or whatever in Chicago is one of, if not the, largest convention center in the United States. The show floor, is, or the, the main exhibit room, the main uh, meeting room is four times larger than the main hall, this is where the celebration stage was in Orlando. Really? That tells me that they want the fans, all of them, as many as possible at least, to get into the main exhibits every time. Now, here's what's exciting. I don't know if you guys have quite let your let this sink in. It's not a 40 years of celebration this year. It's like 42. <laughs> Who cares, right? That's not an anniversary. But we will be getting the first teaser for episode nine. At this, wait seriously? Oh, absolutely! Like They're going to follow the same pattern they did with the Last Jedi. Ooh. We're going to get that. So there's, um, maybe able to get into the Star Wars Resistance. They may have a Star Wars Resistance panel. Oh, I'm oh, sure yeah. they will. Like they did Star Wars Rebels panel with Dave Filoni, yeah. and and they could. We could do that too. Well, they're going to have. Yeah, they, they'll have already had a full season by then, maybe, or almost a full season. Maybe they'll show the first. I can't whisper. The first episode will be airing this fall. Yeah, okay. Whispering on a podcast is generally bad form. Okay. Um, any autographs you guys want? You got Jeremy Bullock last time, Samuel um, Hudd, who played Boba Fett. I mean, you got um, Brian, Herring. Brian Herring, who does, who did BB Nate, or BB 8, excuse me, BB 8, but we found out later he also did Ports. Turbis. Turbis. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. What so, autographs do you want? Yeah, you wow. Get what autograph do I want? Um, I don't think Harrison Ford did autographs last time. So. No, he didn't do autographs. What if the I don't think he'll be there though? this year. That's the only time he's ever been. Um, would Alden Ehrenreich be good? I would love an Alden Ehrenreich on something like I bring our solo poster and get Alden Ehrenreichs on that. I would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just because I love that movie and it's Han Solo. Um, I would love to bring our Last Jedi posters and get Mark Hamill's autograph. <laughs> 
on that. So we would have Mark Hamill and Ryan Johnson on a Last Jedi poster. Okay, um, realistically, what autographs would you like? <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking. I want to figure out how to make that happen right now. I'm sitting here right now. Like, well, why right. don't we? Talk? So here's the deal. If you love family-friendly podcasts <laughs> and you want to help a dad and his sons fulfill a dream, mostly a dad, uh, fulfill a dream <laughs> of getting his Last Jedi poster that was from Celebration 2017, um, which is an exclusive limited edition poster that's already signed by Ryan Johnson. If you would uh, like to help him fulfill his dream of paying, I think, 200 and some dollars uh, or more to get... Mark Hamill's autograph is Luke Skywalker on it. And maybe, I don't know, it would be awesome if we could get, I don't know, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley. Keep dreaming. <laughs> all of them on that. Uh, if you want to help us, Samuel the Hutt is going to tell you how you can do that. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Samuel the Hutt. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons, a Star Wars podcast. BB Nate and I love talking about stars with our dad, and we couldn't do it without the faithful support of our friends on Patreon. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash Sons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. All right, so here's our weather segment. So the Meg, the MacGuffin. You guys know what a MacGuffin is in a movie? No idea. I put that in there just because I wanted to have a dad moment. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, literally, I thought this. Was, a MacGuffin is a plot device in a story or in a movie a that's pastry. designed. No, that's a muffin. MacGuffin. Yeah. Do you know the Muffin Man, not the MacGuffin Man? Okay. Um, yeah, you don't know that. Do right, you here, know the Muffin Man? The Muffin. I didn't. I sing that one. You keep saying muffin. I don't hear anything else. MacGuffin. Okay. Muffin. The MacGuffin muffin. in Solar Story. So a MacGuffin is a, a plot device in a story that we don't really have a lot of background as to why it's happening or anything like that. But it's designed to propel your characters forward for the main portion of the story. So the MacGuffin in Solo, A Star Wars Story is when Han and Chewie partner with Beckett and his crew to get the coaxium off of Vandor 1. Right. Um, of course, because it's a MacGuffin, they fail. And this is what propels Han into the rest of the story. But we're going to what if this today. And I'm going to start with... Who wants to go first? Samuel the Hutt's like, got that look. Samuel the Hutt wants to go first. Samuel the Hutt, what if Han and Chewie and Beckett, of course, got the... Uh, coaxium off of Vandor 1. They didn't have, you know, the Cloud Riders didn't force them to have to drop the payload, ironically. Um, think about that, you know, he dropped the payload like the Kessel, or like the Spice. Anyway, what do you think would have happened in the rest of the story? Uh, they would have gone, they would have taken the coaxium to Dryden, they would have gotten paid. I don't think Han would have met Kira. I, don't, uh, I think so. so. You so, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're going to they're going to Dryden Boss. Uh-huh. They're going to get the big payoff, mm-hmm. right? So I see him still on the yacht um, with the crazy lady and the Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, <laughs> singing. Uh, um, they're singing, and I still I still see him meeting Kira. You don't see that. No, I think he gets in, gets the money, and gets out. You, what do you, what do you, BB Nate, you agree with me? Oh, I totally agree with you because um, Beckett still might want to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his wife, girlfriend, companion are still dead. Yeah, so. Val's dead. But yeah, 
It's an interesting. I think that he still meets Kira. Okay. Okay. So, so say um, he meets Kira. Beckett's lost his crew. Yep. What what what's going to happen next on that? Maybe Nate. Is he going to? What's he going to do with Han and Chewie? He's gonna let him go their separate paths. You think they're going separate? Would be, he wants to. He's gonna go back to his planet and learn the dialogue cord. Even though he's tone deaf. So you think? I think Beckett, they go their separate ways. You know that Val was named after the Valacord yeah. from that planet. You knew that, right? Yeah, I figured out Val Valacord. Okay. Um, I don't. I, I think that that's always. You know, remember what she says. You're never gonna learn the Valacord. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Right. Even if they got paid, I think that was just something he said to her. No, he said um, that at the end. I think he just says it. I think he just says it. I don't think he really means it. I, I think, think he's. I think he's got an itch. He's got a scratch, and that's to be a scoundrel. And he's just gotten the biggest payoff of his lifetime, and he's gonna retire. You know, I don't think he's gonna retire. I think he's gonna take take Han and Chewie, and they're gonna be part of his crew. The question is, does Han and Chewie want to be part of the crew? Because what does Han's goal for getting the coaxium? Get to get Kira. Kira. To get shit and go back to Corelli and get Kira. Well, he's already got Kira. So now in our version, he's got Kira. He's got Kira. He's got Beckett. I think they join. They make their own little crew. With Kira? Because mm-hmm. Kira can't go. She's she's branded. She's Crimson Dawn all the way through. She can't go anywhere. She'll never be free. So what is that going to do for Han's us? Han's going to have to accept it. What's that? Han's going to have to accept that. No, I think Han... Uh, they... Beckett and Han have differences, different opinions on that, just like they do in the movie. Um, Han tries to figure out a way to save Kira. Um, I think that it goes awry. Big word there. Goes awry. Wow. Yeah. You know what that one means? It's like, yeah. It's that homeschool Um, education there. Yeah. Right. So it goes awry, and then Beckett comes in at the last moment to save the day, because I could just see him doing that. And then they kill Dryden, and this is going to end very similarly, but they try to kill Dryden, Kira isn't able to come because of Maul, uh, Han gets, Han and um, Beckett go off, with Chewie obviously, and um, and then but Kira doesn't come, so Han gets all heartbroken about it, but it doesn't really matter anymore because... He doesn't know where she is. And, and So basically, they separate. Han, Chewie, and Beckett are off on whatever ship they get. I don't know if it'll be the Falcon. No, oh, it won't be the Falcon. No, it won't be the Falcon. He's not met Lando. Yeah. There's no reason to go to get Lando. So, so Han and the Lando... So they, Han, Solo, and Chewbacca don't have the Falcon. Ouch. That makes me very upset. But they might get a VCX-100. So do they get, so do they get connected with the ghost crew? No, I don't think so. He's not a rebel. They go. I think they go. Excuse me. Anyway, they go find Java because Beckett was saying, you know, I'm going to go. There's a big shot, drink, whatever. They go to Tatooine. They get hired by Java. But the question is, is are they in the cantina when? Yes. Yes. So all but there's there. three of them. No, I don't they're, think that they're, they're in the not there. I don't think that he I don't think I think he's got a mentor that's helping him learn things. I don't think that Han has to drop his shipment. Um, so he's not running from Java and Han is not there Ouch. in the cantina when Ben needs to find a ship. So the overall impact of the story is do they get to the Death Star? I don't can, know. What do you think about that, BB Nate? Um, I don't think 
I don't think they'll get to the Death Star. Um, everything's messed up. Whole storyline screwed up, huh? Everything's messed up. I guess that's why All because he actually did the shipment right. Yeah, I guess that's why we don't write Star Wars movies, huh? Correct. Because our version of this movie sucks. Very much so. Yeah, so. But thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, we gave it a valiant effort. Yeah. Not sure that went as well as I had hoped it would, but that's okay. All right, so I guess that pretty much does it uh, for this week's podcast. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Anything else? Uh, yeah. So uh, we told you last week about Neil Lowry's uh, GoFundMe uh, fundraiser for Celebration. And he got enough money to get a ticket. And he got a five-day pass just before they sold out. So Neil Lowry is going to celebrate. So here we go for you. For you, happy beeps, happy beeps, Neil. We are so pumped. Yeah. He is like Mr. Positivity. And if we started this show a little bit on a downer, we want to end the show on positivity. And that is Neil Lowry. He is Captain of Positivity. He is the Jedi Master of Positivity. He's the Yoda of Star <gasps> Wars Positivity on Twitter. Yeah. And it was his dream, and he wasn't sure he was going to be able to make it. Um, but people banded together over the last week. Uh, he was able to get enough funds. He was able to get them awarded to him into his bank account in time and got his five-day pass to Star Wars Celebration. Yay. And so now he's just continuing to raise funds. We encourage you guys to participate that to help cover his plane ticket because he's got a place to stay already in Chicago. Neil Lowry is going to be at Star Wars Celebration. What do you think about that, BB Nate? Yay. I'm I, I was really worried. Because I didn't think he was going to get the five. I know. When I found out that the tickets were sold out, which was, I guess, two days ago now, I was freaking out. And I was, like, messaging him on Twitter constantly. Did you get your ticket? And finally, I got the answer yesterday um, okay. after he woke up because he's on, in London and or in England. And that's not the same time zone. So, anyway. So, uh, BB Nate, anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, well, Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' production company, might be making Star Wars video games. Well... Yeah, now that was an interesting... When, when we talked about that before the show and just kind of were setting this up, you guys were a little bit puzzled that a movie production company might make mo- uh, video games. Yeah, that's really not common. Well, it's common enough in the Star Wars world because of Lucasfilm, uh, Lucas Arts games, which were, you know, mm-hmm. Knights of the Old Republic, okay. Force and Leash. some of these other yeah. Force Also, didn't, um, Hasbro made games too, right? Oh, video, yeah. Like the Transformer yeah. video games? Those were actually pretty big for a while. But Hasbro's not a movie production company. And where am I going with this? I don't, I don't know. know. Ignore me. I didn't say anything. Yeah, I was... Shh. I'm confused. Okay. Ignore this. All right. All right, so mine is... There was a fan video that somebody put out where Carrie Poppins, you know, the scene in The Last Jedi where she's out in space and she's frozen and normally she goes into the ship sort of elegantly floating through, this, through space into the ship. Um, well, what they did was they felt like this solved all the problems with The Last Jedi. Which I think is silly. But anyway, this like rock track. Ah, I should do that again, shouldn't I? No, I shouldn't. Please see that again. Someone ah, clip that. Right. Someone clip anyway. that. Yeah. So anyway, they, uh, she, like that starts playing. And instead of her gently gliding into the ship, she like goes rocket fast into hyperspace and the holdo maneuvers is next. And so she goes through all the first order ships and she's like this <laughs> so she like, like superhero ripping through these things as as Leia. Um, 
That was your anything else. I just thought it was an interesting video. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and I don't know if I like that idea, but that's it. So, all right. Okay. Okay. This um, is a probably weird time to end this episode. Podcast. Yeah, we're end oh, this episode. All, right. all right. I guess we'll talk about next week's podcast poll of the week. Ready? Aim and fire! All right. It's pretty simple. What did you think about Maul in Solo: A Star Wars Story? Did you love it? Love having him in there. Not sure where he fits in. Thought he was dead. Or thanks for the spoiler. Um, if you see this on Twitter and you haven't seen this show. Or seen the movie yet. Alright. Um, I guess that's it. If you um, are not, we're asking for a special dispensation of fan loyalty to this week. If you have not gone on to iTunes, or especially if you're listening to us on Stitcher... We would appreciate sure. it if you would go and give us a rating, a five-star, of course, if you love what we do, um, and a review, and help us get the word out about this podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Of course, comment on anything on Twitter and on, the, on our podcast about this as well. Share this. And then, again, we really are uh, grateful to all of you that are Patreon supporters. Um, we're truly touched by your generosity that you guys would find um, – this show important enough to spend a little bit of your hard-earned money, some of you a lot of your hard-earned money, uh, in order to help us put this on every week. Thank you for that. Um, if you do value family-friendly, family positive Star Wars uh, content, then we would ask you to consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Um, you can go to patreon.com backslash Tatooine Sons, um, watch our welcome video, and you can learn all about it. I guess uh, that'll do it for this week's podcast. Anything else you guys want to say? May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Are you brainless? I never ask that question until after I've done it. We're smarter than this. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. 